Welcome to Hoosier Ag This Week. I'm Eric Pfeiffer from Hoosier Ag Today, ready to run down the top news in Indiana and U.S. agriculture. Today's show is coming from Kansas City in the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Annual Convention. I'm joined now by Andy Eubank and C.J. Miller. Andy, you first. Let's talk about our week out here in KC. You've been doing this for a number of years now at Hoosier Ag Today. Can you give our listeners a sense of what this event is all about? Well, hello, Eric. Good to be on the weekend program with you. It is an annual event. It's our membership meeting annually here in the middle of November, so we're required to attend. But there are a lot of unique opportunities for us, not only to meet with and chat with farm broadcasters from all over the country, uh, but to meet with uh, representatives in the ag community, businesses, uh, U.S. Uh, government officials with USDA, for example, EPA and others, and talk about issues, talk about new products. And one thing that we all gear up for is Thursday of this event of this week, which is called Trade Talk, and it is a unique trade show whereby we attend to interview people and the exhibitors who pay a booth fee to be here pay to be interviewed. And that's all that happens broadcasters running around securing interviews and we're able to use a lot of those interviews over the coming weeks maybe even the next couple of months so we don't necessarily air them all at one time but it's a good opportunity to learn about new products learn about the latest carbon offerings for example i talked to a couple of uh, companies that have carbon programs and learned actually a few new things that we'll be able to present to our listeners in the coming weeks about this emerging movement, if you will, the carbon sequestration and the benefits to farmers. A lot of great opportunities like that throughout uh, Trade Talk and throughout the week. And Andy, uh, CJ is here with us. CJ, this is your first NAFB convention, and I know that Trade Talk had to be a pretty interesting time for you. You were one of the ones running around, and we talked to a (laughs) lot of folks. Absolutely, Eric. In fact, uh, Corteva AgriScience, based in Indianapolis, they were represented here in uh, Kansas City. Also, uh, coming up, I'll uh, have a profile of Tyrannus, a company based out of Westfield, Indiana, which has some amazing technology. And as Andy mentioned, other companies uh, from across the U.S. that uh, Indiana farmers uh, utilize their services. So a great opportunity to get to dig deep a little further into a lot of what other companies are promoting and getting their message across to Indiana farmers. I have to say, Eric, as we're doing this segment, there are so many farm broadcasters in our broadcast center that they set up here at the hotel who are speaking right now, doing their own programming. So that's another element of this that you get to, uh, you know, hear different styles, different approaches, different content, the same content presented maybe differently. So that's always interesting, and uh, it tests your ability to concentrate on what you're doing, too. Which is always a little bit difficult for Andy, but he managed this week. It's been fantastic. <laughs> uh, we, we do have a lot of that coming up on this weekend show, and we also have uh, some news 
So we had some Purdue students out here this week that were taking all of this in, and we've got a conversation with them coming up later on in the show. But first, CJ, let's start with that story. You uh, you highlighted that company, Tyrannus, out of Westfield. CJ has that story now. Indiana really is a great place to have a team, and being deeply invested in Indiana has been a really great decision for our company. And that's Mike DePaula, Chief Commercial Officer of Tyrannus, which uses the latest technologies available to show Indiana farmers the problems that may exist with their crops before they become an even bigger problem. What we use is a combination of artificial intelligence, drone, aerial technologies, uh, plane and satellite to bring a leaf level view of a farmer's field to understand the start that it got. Let's get a good stand count in. Let's understand the threats and the things that are happening and verify the right management techniques. Are we working the right way? What do we understand about our crop? What decisions can we make better? And that technology is something that would have been just science fiction a generation ago. But simply put, we can read your business card from the sky, which means when you look at these images, this isn't a blob from NDVI, the satellite stuff you might have seen. The technology is much more advanced today, and we've made it economically feasible for you, yes, to understand at emergence, what's the stand that I got? What are the species of weed? What's the quantification? What does that mean for my output? We can literally count and quantify the defoliated holes in your soybean crop. Mike says their product is available through ag retailers to help Indiana farmers get the most out of their yields. It's kind of like game tape. You're never too good as an athlete to not need to improve and understand what you've done. So what we do is we remove a lot of the guesswork. Think of it as scouting just with great technology that enables advisors and those who support growers to have a better, more enriched discussion to get a better outcome for everyone there in that community. Read more about Tyrannus and what their technology can do for you and your farm operation at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm C.J. Miller. All right, C.J., thanks. While out here in Kansas City, one company took the opportunity to launch a new product for farmers in 2023. Kairos, our brand new post-corn herbicide. Um, it's three modes of action, wide application window up to 24-inch tall corn, uh, really flexible in that way. That's Kelly White, Corteva's U.S. product manager for corn herbicides. The EPA has approved registration of Cairo herbicide and will be available for corn farmers in 2023, pending individual state registrations. White says Cairo herbicide will offer several benefits, including powerful post-emergence weed control, excellent crop safety, application flexibility, and tank mix compatibility. It's definitely going to be a great option for a lot of corn growers um, because of the active ingredients in it. It's able to go on non-GMO corn, so popcorn, seed corn, um, as well as really buildable with whatever pre-program that you're working with currently. Corteva also received EPA registration a few months ago for another new product, that can go on ahead of Cairo. We also just launched Resicor XL. We got federal registration for that in July. So Resicor XL is going to be a great option. It will be available pre-emergence as well as post. So a great opportunity to mix um, and have multiple modes of action and overlapping residuals for weed management. To learn more about Cairo and Resicor XL, visit Corteva.us. There's a link at HoosierAgToday.com. Let's check in on the markets now. C.J. Miller's back with those. Thank you, Eric. This review brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct, providing quality seed, free delivery, personalized service, and local research data along with published prices. Check them out at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. With grain market analysis, it's time to check in with Brian Basting with Advanced Trading. The markets ended the week mixed on Friday. 
what were some of the main factors that had an impact on the markets Friday, Brian? Some of the news late last week, CJ, was the um, the resumption, or I should say the extension of the Black Sea Grain Initiative. That's been extended now for another 120 days. It was due to expire uh, this weekend, uh, but the groups got together. Uh, with the United Nations, and it is extended now till March um, 19th to the 20th, I believe, so another 120 days. So that will keep that grain flowing out of the Black Sea, of course, subject to what happens with, with the ongoing war, but through another four months. So that was a big news. Obviously, Ukraine is a big corn exporter as well as wheat, uh, so that will be something to keep an eye on going forward. Uh, another bit of news continues to be the weather in South America, kind of a mixed bag. Ongoing dryness in Argentina is something that I'd encourage your listeners to really keep a close eye on because indications of the La Nina pattern is setting up once again in so far southern Brazil and Argentina. And needless to say, those are two key areas for soybeans. So we really got to keep an eye as we get into the, uh, the, these last few days in November, and particularly in December. Uh, for Brazil in January, for Argentina, because that'll be the time with those beans are set pods and fill pods. So I'd say we're moving into weather market CJ as we get into the last few days of November here. Once again, Brian Basting with Advanced Trading. Settlements from Friday, December corn up a quarter of a cent at 667 three quarters, March a penny higher at 670, and May corn up three quarters of a cent at 668. January beans at 1428 and a quarter, gaining 11 and a quarter, March 11 cents higher at 1433 and a quarter and December wheat losing three and a half to 803 and a quarter in the livestock markets December live cattle up 32 cents at 15307 December lean hogs 75 cents lower at 8422 and that's a look at your Friday farm market review I'm CJ Miller broadcasting from Kansas City at the National Association of Farm Broadcasters Convention more of who's your ag this week coming your way next. Come and see the future at the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo December 13 through 15 Grand Park Event Center, Westfield, Indiana. See the equipment and inputs you will need in 2023 and the technology you will farm with in 2033. Free admission, free parking, free seminars, and on December 14, free breakfast. The Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo December 13 through 15 Grand Park Event Center, Westfield. Details at Indiana Farm Expo Cold air continues to dominate the discussions here for this weekend, but we do have some moderating temperatures in our forecast as well. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Who's Your Ag Today's Weekend Weather Outlook. Here's what's going on as we take a look at the weather situation as it stands this morning. It is cold, cold, cold across the eastern Corn Belt. Reinforcing shot of cold air dove southward yesterday. I do believe that the big difference between yesterday and today will be the fact that better sunshine potential emerges today. The clouds are breaking up, but we still have this cold Arctic air. Uh, this could be the coldest day out of the entire streak here. If not today, it will be tomorrow. The thing is, tomorrow we're starting to see the winds of change blow. There's a fairly significant round of moderating air that's moving into the central plains to start, and it will be working this direction. So I think that I want to spend tomorrow saying not as cold as today. 
Still chilly, though, let's be honest. And then as we get into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that's when we see our very strong surge of moderating air. Temperatures likely getting into the 40s everywhere as we move through the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday time frame. It's interesting. Over the span of one week, we are talking about 40s now being moderate. And hey, thank heavens that the 40s are here. Remember, it was a week from this past Thursday that we were 70 to 80 plus degrees here across the state. So yeah, we were spoiled for a while. But temperatures definitely moderating from Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Clouds look to thicken up during the Thanksgiving holiday. I think we start with sunshine for Thanksgiving morning. Clouds thicken and we have some rain moving into southwest and west to central parts of the state closer to sunset Thanksgiving evening. And then scattered rain showers changing to snow showers overnight Thursday night into Black Friday morning. At this point, liquid potential is going to be anywhere from a few hundreds to probably four or five tenths. I do think that a large chunk of that comes as rain and ends then as sloppy wet snow as we wake up on early Friday morning. We then spend the rest of the week, Friday afternoon, Saturday, and Sunday, dealing with wraparound backside moisture and precipitation. So lots of clouds. I think that there's going to be a break for probably Friday afternoon and Friday night, but Saturday we see scattered snow showers giving a coating to an inch or two. Sunday flurries early, then getting sunshine back later in the day. Strong north winds will be the calling cord here, and that means temperatures go below normal again. Another surge of cold air for the last part of the week and the weekend, and that cold air surge lingers into the 28th, the week of the 28th. However, I will also say a large part of the western two-thirds of the country are seeing a very big warm-up. Uh, starting that weekend and going into the week of the 28th. I'm looking for that warm air to move in here later on. I'm Ryan Martin. Solar energy now provides electricity at costs lower than traditional energy sources, like coal. Hoosiers know that renewable energy has a positive impact on local communities because it creates good jobs and provides tax revenue for public projects like schools, roads, community centers, and high-speed internet to rural Indiana. Solar energy can mean a huge win for our communities. Learn more at HoosiersForRenewables.com. Have you ever considered a career in agriculture? There are dozens of agribusinesses that have opportunities to work in this exciting field. These are high-paying positions with on-the-job training and advancement. On December 15th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Grand Park in Westfield, Indiana, these companies will be on hand for the Indiana Ag Career Fair. Come talk with these organizations. Then walk the show floor of the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo and experience the world of agribusiness. December 15th at Grand Park in Westfield. More details at indianafarmexpo.com. Welcome back to Hoosier Ag This Week from Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Indiana Pork is hoping that, frankly, my dear, you give a ham this Thanksgiving and Christmas. Indiana Pork is pleased to kick off the holiday season by giving back to our neighbors in need. That's Jeanette Merritt, Director of Communications for Indiana Pork and a pork farmer herself in Miami County. We are joining National Pork Producers Initiative called Give a Ham where we are encouraging our pig farmers and anybody who has a charitable spirit to purchase a ham this holiday season and find a food pantry, find a neighbor, 
find somebody who's in need of that. Indiana Pork kicked off the Give a Ham campaign at an event Wednesday at Gleaner's Food Bank in Indianapolis with Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch, where they donated nearly 400 hams for Gleaners to distribute to Hoosiers in need. Merritt says giving, not just at this time of year, is ingrained in Indiana's pig farmers. We have farmers all across the state that we know do various giving throughout the years, but the agricultural community, um, our farmers are on the state are the last people that want recognized for it. Uh, they don't want anybody to pay attention to what they're doing or to praise them for giving back because it's just something that the ag community does. It's uh, ingrained in us for many generations to help those around us. And so we know that uh, many pig farmers around the state uh, donate ground pork, donate hams or different items uh, to their favorite charities throughout the year. Uh, We just want to spotlight some of that um, as we head into Thanksgiving and into Christmas. If you do give a ham this holiday season, use the hashtag GiveAHAM on social media to encourage others to do the same. On a separate note, those involved in pork production should register soon for the Midwest Pork Conference. It'll be held December 6th at the Boone County Fairgrounds. Registrations can be made leading up to the event, but discounted early registration ends Friday. Learn more at MidwestPorkConference.com. It turns out a discussion about insects and soil health isn't just a discussion about how insects affect soil health. Our Elise Koning reports on what you'll hear in the latest Hat Soil Health podcast. Insects are really an indicator of life and all of the different species, from microbes to plants to birds. Jonathan Lundgren directs the Actisis Foundation, and he's one of our guests on the latest episode of the Soil Health podcast, supported by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative. He and Southern Indiana farmer Pat Bittner discuss the effect of beneficial insects on plants, livestock, crops, even ourselves. For the last seven years, we've not had to use any pesticides or fungicides. I would like to think that that's because we've brought in a lot of beneficials and they're keeping uh, what's classified as a pest in check. Lundgren says the best way to solve insect problems is with a systems approach. You know, if you have a pest problem on your operation, generally that's that's a reflection of something else in the system kind of out of whack. And so unless you're fixing that underlying problem, you're not going to end up solving your insect problems or your insect output. And there's always something new to see in Bittner's farm fields. I've told my dad that I don't know that I could plant on conventional acres anymore and still stay awake because every round that we're planting in our high biomass cover crops is a new adventure. Lundgren says the Ecdysis Foundation is researching regenerative ag systems and they're looking for Indiana participants. To learn more and listen to the podcast, visit HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Elise Koning. Thank you, Elise. The Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo returns to Grand Park in Westfield in mid-December after a successful first year at that venue last year. Andy Eubank has the story. Show manager Gary Truitt says there will be new companies exhibiting this year. We've got some of our traditional companies will be there, but there are some new companies that are going to be exhibiting for the first time at the show. So our show is different. It's not huge. It's a relaxed show. It's a good opportunity for folks to come to see, to learn, uh, and to have time to to really talk with our exhibitors one-on-one and have a good time. we got free coffee and free seminars and free parking and free admission. Both equipment and technology are in the name of the show, and you will see both on the floor, including big equipment, despite the ongoing supply shortage. We've heard a lot of stories and seen a lot of stories about shortages, but there will be... uh, 
there will be iron on the floor for folks to come and look at and and, and will be demonstrated but we'll also be demonstrating the technology that's there uh, precision agriculture is a big part we'll have some of the equipment there but we will also have some experts and companies agrifinancial and reynolds farm equipment are presenting sponsors of the expo reynolds is one of those that will have a whole team of precision agriculture folks there at the show who will be able to sit down one-on-one and talk with farmers about how precision ag can fit in their operations because it's very customizable and it is different for every kind of crop every kind of farming situation the indiana farm expo is december 13 14 and 15 Hours are 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Tuesday and Wednesday, 9 to 3 on Thursday. And remember, it is a totally free show. And you thought election season was over. Not so fast, my friend. Voting is now open for the 2022 FSA County Committee elections. That's USDA Farm Service Administrator Zach Ducheneau. Hopefully these elections won't be as contentious as the ones we saw earlier this month. Now through December 5th, Farmers and ranchers in eligible administrative areas can cast their votes for who will serve on their local FSA committee. Ducheneau says county committees serve as a direct link between agriculture communities across the country and USDA. County committee members apply their judgment, experience, and knowledge when making local decisions to help us deliver our programs and services. Things like producer appeals, conservation programs, hiring the county executive directors, and administering disaster programs are all part of the role of the county committee. So it's important producers take advantage of this opportunity to be a part of the process and help us deliver policies and programs across the country. Ballots started going out last week. If you didn't get one, you can request one from your local USDA service center. And those ballots must be returned or postmarked no later than December 5th. Don't delay. Vote today. More information can be found at fsa.usda.gov slash elections. Still much more to come here on the weekend show, including a conversation with some Purdue AgCom students out here in Kansas City. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag This Week from Hoosier Ag Today. For generations, Indiana farmers have grown crops to supply our country. Now, a new crop is on the horizon, solar power. A huge majority of Hoosiers support the right of farmers to use their land as they please. And all across Indiana, more than 120 renewable energy projects are sprouting. Solar energy also helps us stay energy independent, generating electrons right here on Hoosier soil. Learn more at HoosiersForRenewables.com. Everyone wants energy independence, reliability, and security. Most Hoosiers see solar as a homegrown energy source that is clean, reliable, and affordable. Solar energy strengthens our communities by providing millions of dollars for local needs, while farmers and landowners receive stable, long-term benefits. Our path to energy independence is through renewable energy. Learn more at HoosiersForRenewables.com. Welcome back to Hoosier Ag This Week. I'm Eric Pfeiffer from Hoosier Ag Today, reporting from Kansas City and the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Annual Convention. It's been a great week here in Kansas City. We've met with a lot of newsmakers. We've met with a lot of clients, sponsors, and folks that can bring news to you, and we'll be giving you that over the course of the next few weeks or so. 
Also here in Kansas City, we had the opportunity to impress upon some impressionable minds. We had students here from Purdue, and I want to welcome a couple of them here on the broadcast. Allison Lund is here with Purdue. Allison, first things first, tell me a little bit about yourself, what year you are, what it is you study there at Purdue. Uh, well, I'm currently a junior studying ag communication with a minor in crop science. I hail from the small town of Cambridge, Wisconsin. I grew up on a farm there uh, with my uh, family. And yeah, I just I absolutely love having the opportunity to get to come to events like this and continue to build upon my, my knowledge. And I'm glad that we were able to come out with Purdue. Also here today is Bella Monroe. Now, you might recognize that name and you might have heard this voice that you're about to hear on our airwaves. She interned with us here at Hoosier Ag today. Uh, here this past year and did a lot of work with our farm show as well that's coming up next month the indiana farm equipment and technology expo december 13th through the 15th at westfield's grand park sorry had to throw in the shameless plug there for that but bella is here and bella you are making your uh, this is your first trip to nafb convention too right yes correct this is and thank you so much eric for having us here it's so good to be back with hoosier ag today um i am excited to be able to bring our agricultural communication of tomorrow group here and I know they're having so much fun so I'm glad they are experiencing it along with me and it is all our first year so I know we're having a great time and there are four other Purdue students back here too so uh, I just you know I only have so many microphones but you know we're we're having a good time this week and I, I want to ask you both maybe some some realizations from the week what you took away from the week are are you still trying to figure out what it is you want to do when you grow up? Like, you know, sometimes I am too. Uh, I definitely am in that boat right now. You know, when I came to school, uh, my first year, it was sort of a year of trying everything. Uh, and by sophomore year, I thought for sure I would end up somewhere where I was writing. You know, my dream was to write for a magazine or a paper. And that's still sort of my dream. But after having my broadcasting internship, I'm like, maybe I could find something that's the best of both worlds. And, you know, it's just, it's really hard to narrow everything down. And after coming out here I'm like leaning more towards broadcasting but don't want to give up that whole writing experience so I think it's good to have opportunities like this to try to help uh, focus in on what you're doing but I also don't think it's bad to not know yet you still have some time to, to figure all that out what about you Bella for me I'm graduating this coming May 2023 it's crunch time for me as well but for me I've always wanted to go into broadcasting and that is why I brought our ACT group here so for me it's something that I've always been looking forward too, and I'm excited to say that I will be going into broadcasting after college. Well, that's great. We're very happy for you in, in, in doing that. Talk about some of the connections that you made out here. There, I mean, Bella, didn't you like get a job offer while you were out here just walking through the, the, the trade talk floor? And, and again, for folks that don't know, trade talk is a big event here at Kansas City, the, the Weston Crown Center downtown at, at the NAFB convention. All the companies, all of the organizations, they're like over a hundred of them are all in one room for us to go chat with. And you were walking by and someone just like offered you a job, didn't they? Yes, they did from South Dakota. And unfortunately, I'm not looking away to move from Indiana. Of course, I'm going to stay a Hoosier for the rest of my life. Uh, but I did get that offer and they were wanting me to kind of join their field. And I took their card just to make a great connection. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. What about you, Allison? Any good connections this week? I feel like it's just been a time for me to get to reconnect with all 
all of my Wisconsin friends from back home. Um, there were lots of familiar faces that I met all throughout the summer, so it was nice to get to come to one central location and catch up with some of those people that I maybe only met briefly over the summer. Um, but other than that, I really enjoyed walking through Trade Talk and learning about some of the different industry internship opportunities too. So I think, you know, gathering business cards, uh, putting faces to names, I think it was just a really great opportunity to build my network. Bella, we don't have much time here, but I do want to give you an opportunity to talk about ACT, the Agricultural Communicators uh, of tomorrow. Let's let's just talk about that for maybe some incoming folks coming to Purdue here soon and thinking about pursuing this line. It's a great group to be a part of. Absolutely. And most of our people, they are in agricultural communications as their major, but we do have some that aren't. Whether you're interested in agriculture or communications and just love getting messages out to people, ACT is a great group. People that just love to get that message out of agriculture and bridging that gap between consumers and the farmers and ranchers just because there is that gap of what what is farming? What is agriculture? And it is a, a great group to have, especially to have friends too because not only are we all friends but we're all colleagues and some of us are even roommates which are is pretty neat too. So it is a great group that is something that you should definitely look forward to. And we should probably thank Dr. Tucker for Absolutely. bringing all of you out here. Uh, so he joined us this week as well out here in Kansas City. Thank you so much, ladies, for coming out. I hope you all had a great time. I know we we had fun kind of walking through Trade Talk with, with some of you and, and, and kind of spending the week together here. So thank you very much. Really appreciate the time and hope you had a good week. Thank you so much, thank Eric. You. And that does it for this edition of Hoosier Ag This Week. Tune in next week. Same hat time, same hat channel. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Who's your ag today? Indiana's Farm Network.